All right. So if you don't know who I am, I'm Max, and I'm going to be kicking off our week two of our series, Women of the Bible. Now, <laughs> now last week we did, we did, or last time we did student takeover, Julie did a great job talking about Mary Magdalene, and this week I'm going to be talking about another important woman of the Bible, Martha. And now Martha, I think, is a really important character because she. I think a lot of us can relate to her. She's very very hospitable, loves to serve, but she gets caught up on the details of that and she forgets the bigger picture. And to really explain to you what I mean by that, I have a little personal story to tell you about someone I know in my life like that. So I've been going on mission trips since I was probably 11 or 12 at my old church before I came here. And we would go down to a local mission down in Athens, Ohio called Good Works. And down there, we would go, and I used to go with this older gentleman named Tom, and he was like a doer. He wanted to get the project done as quick as possible, and that was his main goal. But it conflicted with the mission statement where we would go, which was to work with the people and to build community. That was their most important thing. And so they didn't care if we finished any projects. If we just sat there and talked to the people and spread the gospel with them, that's all they cared about. So it was really hard for him because he was just... I didn't understand that aspect of it. He was like, why can't we just do the job and help them that way? Eventually, he got it after a couple of years going there, but it took him a little while, and I think Martha and Tom are very similar in that aspect of forgetting the bigger picture. So that's the big point I want to focus on with Martha is not to forget the bigger picture. And the two passages I have picked out for that where we will see her with that is Luke 10 and John 11. But before we jump into her life, I have a little bit of background about her. So she is one of three siblings, the eldest sibling, and she, her sister is Mary and brother Lazarus, and they're all good friends of Jesus. And Mary was seen later anointing Jesus' feet with perfume in John 12, and then John 11 was where Lazarus was raised from the dead by Jesus. They all live together in Bethany, which is about a two-mile walk east of Jerusalem, and it is the present-day eastern slopes of Mount Olives, and it's in the, situated in the western bank. And Martha, like I said before, is seen as a very hospitable person and lo- loves to just be, do tasks and get that done, but she gets focused on those details while serving and being hospitable. So to jump into Luke 10, verses 38 through 42, Basically, Jesus and his disciples visit um, Martha after traveling up and through into Galilee and pre- preaching throughout there. And before they went back to Jerusalem, he decided to stop at his good friend's house, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So, so jumping into Luke 10, verses 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listening to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her, to help, tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So in this passage, 
Martha is seen doing some good things and some bad things as well. So this next section I have is called Goods and Bads, about the, the things that she does. So the first thing that she does good is she is welcoming Jesus and his disciples into her home. And this is hospitality, and hospitality we are called to do as Christians and is seen all throughout the Bible. One of the earliest examples of hospitality in the Bible is Genesis 18, verses 1 through 5, which says, And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O Lord, if I have found a favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree while I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. So that hospitality is not only something that we see throughout the Bible and we are called to do as Christians, but in their society, it was something that they, it was like a social requirement. So to, your social reputation reflected how hospitable you were to strangers entering your home. So Mar- one, first thing Martha did very good was welcoming Jesus and his disciples. Second thing was serving Jesus and his disciples. We are called to serve not only just other people, but especially God. So serving Jesus and his disciples was the second good thing she did. But in those good things, she got caught up on the details of them. And she just basically was so worried about making the dinner and making sure that they were well cared for that she wasn't spending time with Jesus in her home. He was right there, and Mary got that. She was sitting by his feet and you know, paying attention to him and learning from him, but Mary or Martha did not understand that and couldn't see that. Which leads into my next thing was that she forgot that he was the most important thing. And it, that's where she says in there and she asks Jesus, like, hey, why is Mary not helping me? Go tell her to help me. And this is where Jesus corrects her and says, you know, she has found what is important. And I'm not going to take that away from her. So in this, these passage, this passage, I think Martha is mentioned and is very important because she shows us that, you know, Jesus calls us to be hospitable and to serve. Jesus is not correcting her for doing those things. Those are both good things that we are called to do, and they're seen all throughout the Bible. And even to, in modern-day society, we do those things, like becoming a missionary and going off to another country to spread the gospel, or going on mission trips, or even in your own community, volunteering. That, that's something we are called to do, and Jesus wants us to do those things. But what, hap- what Martha did is that she got caught up on all those things, and she forgot why she was doing them. The reason she was doing them is to spread the gospel and grow God's kingdom. So that is why we need to remind ourselves that the Lord comes first. And Jesus is, not cor- is correcting Martha for not seeing the bigger picture. Jesus, yes, she needs to be hospitable and to serve, but she needs to remember why she's doing it and to put God first. And Jesus is in her home, and she's not paying attention to him. I mean, she, she needs to be sitting by him and learning from him and enjoying his presence, not putting serving and hospitality over that. Example in my life that I've actually experienced this is KidZone. I volunteer here over at the fourth and fifth grade room, and there have been times where I wake up in the morning, and I'm really tired, and I catch myself not really, like, just being there. I'm just checking off the box I serve today. 
and that's not what I need to be there for. I'm there to help these kids grow in their faith and grow in the, listening to the gospel, and, and by me not, like, paying attention and realizing that it's not a good thing. Yes, I'm serving, which is good, but in me not realizing why I'm doing it is not good. And then an example, all of you have probably been in this room, is learning the answers for a test, but not knowing why that's the answer. There's a class that you're in where you don't really care about it, and you just learn enough so that you can pass the test with those answers, but you don't really know why you're doing it, so you haven't learned them. And that is like serving and being hospitable and not like, like knowing why you're doing them. So not only does God want us to see the bigger picture in serving and hospitality, but he also wants us to see that bigger picture when, we are, when our faith is challenged. And Martha is also used an example for this in John 11, which is most commonly called the death of Lazarus or the raising of Lazarus. And it's a really long passage, it's verse 1 through 44, so I have cut it up into the portions where Martha and Jesus are interacting, and I'll just give you some background where it's needed, paraphrasing. So in the beginning of this passage, Martha and Mary sent out a message to Jesus that um, Lazarus is sick and dying, and Jesus gets that message, and the disciples tell him that they should go, but he says no, and that they need to wait a couple days before. So after two days, Jesus says that Lazarus is sleeping and that they need to go and see him. And the disciples then question Jesus by saying, why are we going if he's sleeping? If he's sleeping, that means he's resting and he will get better. But then Jesus says, like, he, he, was, he meant by sleeping that he was dead, and the disciples didn't get that. So he had to blatantly say that to them and say, you know, now I'm happy that I wasn't there because now you will truly believe in me. And then that's where we pick... Well, then two days after that, we, they traveled. So after four days, they finally get to um, Bethany, and then Martha goes out to talk to Jesus in verses 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though, through he die, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming to, into the world. When he said it that when, he, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling to you. So then we're going to jump between, from 28 to 38, where Mary goes out and talks to Jesus for a little bit. And Jesus is getting kind of angry with Martha, Mary, and the mourners for Lazarus because they didn't believe that he would come, and they already have put him in the tomb and rolled the stone. So he, in this, in this little passage, he cries for him. And I don't think he's crying for mourning his friend. I think he's crying because he's just so angry that they didn't believe in him that he would come. And then they take him to the tomb and we pick up in verses 38 through 44. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came into the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. 
Jesus said, Take the stone away. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that you believed that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you had you always hear me, but I said this on account of people of the people standing around me, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, "Lazarus, come out!" The man who had died, his hands and feet bound with linen stri- stripes, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to him, "Unbind him and let him go." So to break down this passage, in this passage, Martha's going through a very hard time with her brother dying. That's a really big challenge, and it really challenges her faith. And she has three different distinct struggles in this passage. And the first of which is Martha blames Jesus for Lazarus' death. Now, in the very beginning, the first thing she says to him is that, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She is blaming him for not being there to save her brother. And the next thing she says is that she still believes in him, but she's still blaming him for it, and that's her, one of her struggles with this, about her brother dying. And then Martha limits Jesus' power on earth. When Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again, he meant that he's going to rise very soon, like I'm going to go and raise him from the dead. And Martha heard that, and she w- was saying that, you know, no, he'll rise when everyone else does, when God returns on the last day. And it, that's where she doesn't realize that Jesus has power over death and that, 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 you know, even though he's on earth, he still has that power to defeat death. And that is where she is limiting his power and doesn't, un, like, believe that he can do that. And then finally, she doesn't truly believe Jesus' promise. Jesus makes a promise to her that, that if you believe in me, you will never die. And Jesus asks Martha if she agrees, and she says she doesn't, that she believes in him, and she says that she believes he's the Christ, son of God. And then later on, when Jesus asks to roll the stone away, she like interjects and says, you know, Lord, there's, it'll be an odor. He's been dead for four days. And she's not wrong. They don't embalm people back then in their time period, so it would've, he would have been rotting for four days. But she didn't believe that he that no one ever dies with Jesus, and she didn't believe what he said. And then Jesus has to correct her by saying, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so with these three struggles, I think that a lot of us can relate to that when bad things happen and challenges our faith. And that is why I think Martha is important, because she is using this example to show us that God's power has no limits. You know, Martha was limiting Jesus' power before death because she didn't think that he could defeat death and save Lazarus and what Jesus does is he shows to her that like he has that power and that God's power has no limits and there's examples of this in other places of the Bible in Matthew there's a Roman commander who um, goes to Jesus and asks for his daughter to who has died to be raised and Jesus goes and helps her and raises her from the dead and in modern times we have that with medical cases where people are diagnosed with terminal illnesses like stage 4 cancer and there's nothing they can do and the doctors give them a time frame where they'll be alive 
and all they do is they go home and they just pray and ask God for help. And then they live past that death date, and they go back to the hospital, and they find out that, you know, that everything's gone, and that they're completely healed, and there's no medical explanation for it. So God's power has no limits on, and he can defeat death. And in both of these passages, um, Martha is a lot like us with getting caught up on those details uh, and having doubts with God and forgetting that big picture. And that's why I think Martha is an important woman of the Bible is because she is used by God to show us the importance of that bigger picture. And to help us remember those, remember the bigger picture, I have a couple applications for us. So the first one is have a balance and control. And having balance and control when serving or being hospitable, it, you could have a daily reminder on your phone. Like, personally, I have the verse of the day on my phone. Every morning when I wake up, that's the first thing I read is the verse of the day. And it reminds me of why I serve and why I show hospitality toward people. And it's to grow God's kingdom and spread the gospel. And then that gives you the control to where you are still able to serve, but then you remind yourself and you know why it's important and then... It's, you don't forget that bigger picture and that main goal. The second thing is to focus on what's important. And what's important is the bigger picture and spreading the gospel and then serving and hospitality are, all, are second to that. And an example of knowing what's important and focusing on that is recently at, the, at, our school, at my school, Streetsboro, we have a radio station, and I'm a staff member there. And I had a friend recently on staff who sexually harassed somebody. And everyone on staff really wanted him to suffer from this. He, they wanted him kicked off staff. They wanted the school involved. They wanted him to get, have his acceptance letters from college be taken away from him. They wanted to ruin his life. And I was one of the only people that stuck, stuck by, stood by my friend. And, you know, because he, he is human. He made a mistake. And he... You know, he, he needed that love and support from someone. Yes, there are consequences to his actions, and he did have those consequences, but he really needed someone's support in that time. And so I focused on what was important, which was my friend needed help. And all the other staff members wanted to have him suffer. And that is where, like, with serving or showing hospitality or when things challenge your faith, that you need to focus on that bigger picture and try and look to see why it happened or why, why you're doing these things. And then the final application is use challenges to grow. So when, for Martha, she had that challenge of her brother dying, and she really did struggle with that, and most people do when challenges come up in their faith. And, but eventually she saw from God, and she like, learned, and she still believed. And for me, I've had that happen in my life. About two years ago, I totaled my car. This was before I was driving. I was 16, but I was still working to get my license. And when that happened, I was wondering why me, um, you know, I was really embarrassed by it and really just overall upset. And there was two things I could have done in that scenario. I could have taken the path of growing with God and going toward him in that and making my faith stronger, or I could have went away from God. And we need to use those challenges to grow and to see the bigger picture of them. And now that I look back on that accident, it really did, it was a humbling experience for me because before that in my life, I had never had any moment where I struggled with my faith. I was plain sailing from day one, just didn't have any problems with it. And then this came up, and it really humbled me and showed me that I need to 
work on my faith better and to grow with those challenges. So to use challenges to grow. Now those main applications are have balance and control, focus on what's important, and use challenges to grow to help us to never forget the bigger picture. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear God, thank you for getting us here tonight at Gather for Student Takeover and allowing me the opportunity to preach to everyone and just help us to never forget that bigger picture and that the most important thing is you and, you know, serving and hospitality and and challenges we face. There's all a bigger picture behind it that's important and that we need to remember that and help them to use these applications in the rest of their life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.